In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's September 22nd, 2012, and you're listening to episode 54 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're sitting by the party tree in Hobbiton. Having a grand old time waiting for tea to start. Yes, and waiting for a long as expected party. It's going to be a grand affair down here. Yes, because of course, September 22nd is Bilbo and Frodo Baggins' birthdays! Happy birthday! And yesterday was actually the 75th anniversary of the publishing of The Hobbit. So there's all just all kinds of celebrations going on tonight. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing, have, have a drink. Okay, if you're driving, don't do that. No. Okay, that means... You can have some potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick, in a, stick them in a stew. But while we wait for the party to start, of course, we have knitting to keep us busy. Okay, so what are you knitting? Same things I was working on last week, sort of. I'm still working on the Sweet Georgia Tough Love socks in cold mountain and i'm doing a heel on one of them and it's not very interesting i'm thinking i am very tempted to start another project you've got cast on itis itching sort of i mean these ones are i mean they're, they're a plain stock in it sock yeah and they're really pretty but it's also just it feels like they're just going i think i work best when i have stock in it socks as sort of Moving in. A counted point to something else mm, that's okay. a bit more complicated. Okay. Of course, I do have something a bit more complicated, but I think I need something in the middle where it's like I don't need to look at a chart all the time, but it's more complicated than this because the other thing I have is I have picked up my Lakeshore shawl. Ooh. Again, by Glenessy. And it still look it looks pretty much the same as it did the last time because it's I'm still in the same pattern repeat. And of course, the fun part was being like, okay, I haven't picked this up in a month and a half. Where exactly did I leave off? Because <laughs> I was pretty sure I didn't leave off at like, you know, the end of the chart. Luckily, it wasn't too hard to figure out where I left off. And so I've started up with that again. But I do really kind of have to look at the chart, especially for the beginning and end of the rows, because that kind of changes throughout the chart. Right. It does take some attention. Though usually, like, when I'm doing the individual rows, it's a very simple, like, six-stitch repeat. So it's like, once I have done the beginning, and once I know what that repeat is for that row, I can... And as long as I haven't fudged something up in the last row, which I found out I had the last time I went to pick it up. It's not a fudging, it's a design element. Yeah, I had had put in too many... A a unique signature. Yes. Well, that unique signature also screws up the lace pattern, so... Well, boo. On subsequent, subsequent rows, so yeah. But... So I've been able to pick it up and do a little bit more on it, and hopefully I'll get it done soon because it's nice and soft, and it's in Nitpicks Shimmer. If it's the one hundred, if that's their one hundred percent alpaca yarn, then that's the one I'm using. I know it's alpaca, and I cannot for the life of me remember the colorway, but I think it was something watery named because it's all blue and turquoise and aqua. Wasn't and it something like tidal pool? Something like that. Okay. I'd have to go back and look because I'm bad and didn't look that up that stuff up. Um, of course, I will have I will have a much more complicated pattern soon because I am going to be starting the Lothlorien cape for the Hobbit along your own little slice of crazy. Yes, that one is going to be a very complicated one. Yes, it is. So I think I still might need that middle project. Do you have an idea of a middle project? No, I was going to look through like sock patterns or something later. Yeah. That makes sense. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to need something in the middle that is a little more attention-grabbing, but, you know, not needing a chart, because that is going to be a slice of crazy pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should be able to get started soon, because... With a cherry on top. Because I actually checked, um, I logged into my Blue Moon Fiber Arts account to actually see what was going on with the yarn, and it actually was sent. It was mailed out on the 19th. And I think as of the 20th, the last update for the tracking had said it was in L.A. and was... You know, something, an international parcel or something like that, which I assume means it went to L.A. and L.A. it got on a plane to Canada. Apparently, you know, it didn't get stopped at security or, you know, didn't forget its passport or whatever. I've just got this image of a skein of yarn with, you know, the hands and the little feet coming out, patting itself down, going, I know it's here somewhere. Anything to to declare, ma'am? Yeah, I don't know how, of course, we'll have to see how long it takes to get through customs, but... Usually I find with Blue Moon, well, usually I find with Blue Moon, the shipping is usually pretty fast. I know it's, you know, they send it first class, so it's not. Hey, it happened on like... a Blue Moon. Yeah. 
universes align. Yeah, we'll see. Craziness happens. Stuff, you know, herrings get stapled to trees. You don't know. <sighs> yes, well, we know who to blame for that, don't we? I don't know what you're talking about. But yes, so hopefully that will be here soon and I will be able to start because I put up the thread for The Hobbit Along, The Hobbit, a long-awaited <laughs> knit-along in the Ravelry group. Yay! So you can find the instructions, what instructions there are. There aren't many. Because it's basically like, you decide what you want to do. So it's basically, feel free to come up with any BS answer you Yes, want. I saw that. And I like that. As to how this fits. Because I mean, seriously, like when you're talking about Middle Earth, there's all the different races you can pick from. And then each one has, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do. There are all different do. cultures and climates and yeah. things and like I mean, that. You can do a shawl with beads and be like, oh, this is, you know, the dwarves love their sparkly things. Yeah. Or like, you know, the elves love... The stars and things like that. So you do something with a leaf pattern in it. Yeah. We don't care. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. Just do what you want. Yeah. You can make it as applicable as you want, basically. If you're like me, you want it very applicable. (laughs) You go applicable. Yes. And stuff. And if you need suggestions, trust me, just go to Ravelry and type in Lord of the Rings or a Hobbit and things will come up. I mean, you can make your own knitted Hobbit feet. And I'm sure people will post suggestions and things, or if someone's looking for something, just if you're not sure what you want to do and you have, you know, a couple vague ideas or something like that, then just post in the thread and I'm sure people will find tons of suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. If you have not, if you don't know the story of The Hobbit, just follow the same vein as Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There's, there's elves, there's dwarves, there's magic, there's dragons, there's treasure, and of course, right in the middle of it is a hobbit. Yep. Trying to be sensible and get a decent meal. <laughs> and just not being accommodated. Yes. So, what have you been working on? Well, you can hear my beads. Yes, I can hear them rattling. But, unfortunately, I'm not at the part where I need them. I didn't know if I guess mine started too early, but Ooh. I started... Oh, well, whatever. I started my dragon shawl. Ooh, that looks really cool. And this is done in Malabrigo lace in the sealing wax cover... Uh, colorway. Wow, that is really... This is... It's just a small little piece. Just a small little piece, and oh my god, it is gorgeous already. I haven't knit in Malabrigo for a long time, Mm. and I don't think I've ever knit in Malabrigo lace, so... Yeah, me either. I have some, but I don't think I've knit with it yet. I should change that. (laughs) Yes, because the fabric coming out of it is really nice. Yeah, that is gorgeous. Okay, for anybody who wants to know, this is the Battle Weary Dragon Shawl by Mandy's Moon. Mandy's is spelled M-A-N-D-Y-Z or Z, depending on what country you're in. And you can find it on Ravelry. The concept being that there is a... I believe this is a stylized plant motif, but it's been used as scales to go down the center spine. Yeah, there's definitely this overlapping scale sort of look at the center spine of uh, the triangular shawl, which you start from the top, you know, back neck down. And you've got very subtle slip stitching that make it look like scales at the top. Oh, okay. I wonder if that was slip stitching or if yeah. it was just go- the way Garter was appearing in this. But no, yes, that's slip stitch. And halfway down, it starts to go, changes into bigger scales. Ooh, the back looks cool, too. Anyway, yes. It changes into bigger scales that encompass beading. And my concept was <laughs> that because Smog's hoard was so large and he'd been on it for so long, the story was that the amount of treasure that was impressed into his scales was monstrous. I could have bought a kingdom. So my concept was that I got beads that were still in the, you know, warm color spectrum. There's red and there's gold and there's a couple of black ones, sort of like singe and soot and dirt yeah. type of thing. And it doesn't matter what bead I pull out. So it's not going to have a color work pattern. It's just mm-hmm. going to be a bead pattern. And yeah. The pattern... the Random selection. It's going to be random selection. And in here... She tells you how, because it is a battle-weary dragon, I mean, you can see the scales at the bottom Yeah. look a bit frayed and edged. Yeah. Which is the sort of the style. Yeah. And if you want to add scars to it, she tells you how to do that, too. That's awesome. If you want to add scars to your dragon shawl. <laughs> that is awesome. How are you doing, are you putting the beads on? I don't know yet. Okay. Well, obviously, obviously it's going to be yeah, not, a, not a strung bead. Yes, obviously. Because, so, oh, that would be a bad idea with Malabrigo lace. 
for so many reasons. Yeah, so you're not, like, pre-stringing the no. beads on the yarn no. and then just, you know, knitting them or slipping them in. I have gone through a few tutorials online about using the crochet hook or the floss method, mm -hmm. where you just take the next stitch off, plonk it over that stitch. Yeah. And slip it back on and be prepared to knit with. Yeah. Because basically, basically what you would do is, you say you take, like, a very small crochet hook, you stick it through the center of the bead. Yeah. So it does have to be a very small crochet hook, depending on the size of your beads. You hook the, the next stitch, and then you pull the next stitch through the center of the bead. So right. the bead sort of wraps itself around the stitch. And then you put that stitch back onto your waiting knitting needle yeah. and it's now ready to be knit with and the bead has like nowhere to go now it's yeah. it's on there and the floss method is basically the same where you use again like non-waxed floss though i found there's one way of doing it there's these little flosser things where it, it comes off in like a string and you pull them apart but it has like a length of floss and then it has a bit that has almost like a spongy sort of material i was hearing about this when people were learning how to when like these new floss things came out but because I hadn't done beads yet, it went right over my head. I got some, and I have no idea where I put them. If I find them, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Um, or not, or if not, you know, you can get your own at the a grocer drug, or pharmacy yeah, drug store. or whatever. But yeah, basically, it has a little spongy part in it. So you put the beads on the spongy part, mm -hmm. and you can preload like ten or twelve beads on. There. Oh, cool, cool. And so you, you know, you put them on the spongy part, and the spongy part is big enough that they don't fall off, or you just, you know, tie a little knot in the end. Yeah. And they don't fall off, and they just sit there. And so then, you know, you only have to load it up once every 12 beads. And this, which I have used it before. didn't get very much done on it, because I had to undo it several times, because um, apparently my little baby is growing into a big boy. No comment. But yeah, I'm doing the stockinette, just plain socks for the elfling, in what is left of my Storm colorway Blue Moon Fiber Arts. Aww. Because he saw mine, and he said he wanted socks just like it. Mm -hmm. And, oh my god, guess what? What? He asked me to teach him to knit. Oh, this um has been interesting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he he's got because we do a little we do a little rhyme. If we go up through the chimney, run round the back, downstairs through the window, off off pops Jack. Yeah. He's got the first two steps down. Yeah. It's that whole going back down and not stabbing yourself in the heart with the same needle. Yeah, it's that whole part about going back down into the stitch and not mm -hmm. losing the stitch that he's having a hard time with. But then again, he's five. Yeah. And I don't have exceptionally large knitting needles, so he's using, I think they're like size sevens. Yeah. Wooden knitting needles and some random worsted ones. Is that size seven or seven millimeter? No, size seven. Okay. I have no idea what that is. It's like a four, four or something, and a half, isn't it? Yeah, four and yeah. a half millimeter. Little wooden straight needles. Yeah. Yeah. If I gave him a circular needle, he'd just wind up, you know, lynching himself or something like that. <laughs> my child is talented. But yeah, it's it's actually really cute. He'll sit in my lap and I'll put my hands over his and we'll do the rhyme together. Mm -hmm. He's probably a bit young to, to make the connection. Like I would try with the kids that I've taught knitting that are usually a little older. Yeah. But usually I would try and tell them, you know, when you're bringing the, to pull the stitch through, don't look at the, the yarn. Don't try and don't focus on trying to pull the yarn through. Just look at the the tip of the the right hand needle as yep. you pull it through. Make sure that comes through and the yarn will come with it. Yep, I've been trying to tell them to because otherwise they tend to focus on that and they get it too close to the end and it slips. Yeah, off. make your make your point come down. Yeah. But anyways, but so yeah, he's probably a bit young to did that. that. And you remember this? Yes. Yes, it's still not done. <laughs> the knit by knit one pro one yep. length of doom. So I had to have an honest moment with myself and say, okay, I told myself that I was going to be finished this sometime in the next eon. All right, let me measure it because I know how much I need. it needs to be. And I've been telling myself in my head, well, it's close enough. Yeah. It wasn't close enough. <laughs> it was like 15 inches away from yeah. being... So I'm like, okay, diligent knitting time. I will be good. Sit down and actually watch the movie with the newbie. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, let's see how I did. Well, son of a gun, I actually got a lot knit. Yeah, I know. For some reason, there's there's this weird thing when watching movies that the hands move and you don't even realize. Especially during these splody scenes. Yes. So I have five inches left to go on that, and then I can honestly move on. Yay! And I hope that happens because... I am going on a trip over Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out what knitting I'm taking with me because the dragon shawl ain't going. Because the dragon shawl has beads and it's lace. And if anything happens to it, if the beads pop open in, like, my container pops open in my baggage. Oh, dear. 
or if it gets, despite me putting it in its own little baggie and that in a baggie and that in a baggie. Yeah. You know, if something happens to it, my head will blow up in the middle of wherever I am. Yeah, that's, it's just too much to bring with you and too complicated. You don't want to worry about it. And furthermore, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a focus knitting. Yeah. Whereas I want to go out onto the deck and enjoy the fall sunshine and do that kind of knitting. Yeah. So. Especially when staying with friends or doing stuff with them and it kind of grabs your attention. So do I. But the thing is that the one by one slice of crazy um, pink boa constrictor is kind of a big project to take on the plane. True, you'd want to put that in your bag. Yeah. Though it would really, if nothing else, would convince possible security agents <laughs> that you are honestly like knitting. No, seriously, dude, I've been working on this. You it's don't like, know how long. No, seriously, these are not a weapon. Yeah. Like, no. This will kill me. They say me. to have. They say say to have a little knitting on your on your needles. Yeah. So to, per- to, to prove, prove that you <laughs> you actually do knit and that the needles are not James Bond blow darts or something. Yeah. That would definitely actually do it. So I think I'm going to have to start a pair of socks for the trip and for the actual traveling part. Mm-hmm. And this will go in the suitcase for the deck for the sunshine and coffee. And I don't have to be at work. I don't have to go anywhere mm-hmm. type of knitting. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. So yeah, there there be my knittings. Okay. So moving on into Geek Squee. Geek Squee. What shall we do first? Well, duh, we just finished talking about The Hobbit Along. Yes, so how about we talk about the new Hobbit trailer? Yes! Oh my god, nipple alert. (laughs) Oh. My. God. Sorry, I read a bunch of smut last night. (laughs) Ooh, really? (laughs) Don't worry, it wasn't good smut, it was just smut. It's like, oh, you know, there's gonna be Hobbit. There already is, you know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Smut. There's going to be Hobbit smut on the internet. Wait a minute, what? Dude, do you know the fangirls? Hello. Yeah, I I shouldn't... I'm sorry, I know it exists, I know it's out there, I just never put the two together and go, yeah, that has to exist. Yeah, it's rule 34 of the internet, Yes, if it exists, there's a website for it. There's porn of it. No, this this was werewolf smut. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, nothing Twilight related. Yes, anyway. Hobbit! Yes, Movie trailer. Let's let's move back to something that's a bit less embarrassing oh, to discuss on the internet. <laughs> oh please! Since when has that ever been a consideration? Come on. Okay. Anyway, puppet. I loved that we got to see you got to see each of the dwarves closer mm. and notice different parts about them. So like, oh, I bet that one's the one with the really angsty mood, and I bet that one's the one that's always trying to do practical jokes, and I bet that one's the one. It's stuff like that. Yeah. You got to see a bit, a bit more. more personality, not just like, yeah. hey, here's a comically huge number of dwarves, and yes. they all have names that sound the same. You can actually start and some, and playing I'm, them apart other than Thorn. I'm actually surprised, and I'm only remembering this about my about my dwarven knowledge now. A lot of them don't have beards, or have very short beards. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if that's going to be explained. Like, are they earning their beardhood? With this adventure. <laughs> After this adventure, I will be able to grow you a beard. You are now a man, young dwarf. You may grow your beard. Some sort of rite of passage. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> or who knows, it just could be fashion, you mm-hmm. know? It's just that the stereotype of dwarves is sort of like, bearded. Yes, and a lot of the stories that I've read, and granted, people have different ideas about dwarves, you know, from whatever mm-hmm. genres, but in the stories that I've read, dwarves are so proud of their beards that they're sort of like status symbols. Mm-hmm. And the different braids that you put into your beard, and even jewelry, like yeah. the little clasps, clasps that go into the beard, can denote your lineage and your family and status. And oh my God, did you see Bombor, the really, really, really big one, and his beard and his hair is wound together in this like big long braid around him? I forget if I noticed that. Bombor. <laughs> I was kind of just going and kind of exploding and oh my God, kind of thing. You were exploding and not noticing what the splody was. Yes. Okay. I need to watch the trailer like six more times on our big TV. Yeah, we can do that. In detail. I can totally do that. Bombor, I think, I'm not sure because I only couldn't see it distinctly, but I think his beard and his hair is in such a long braid, it's wrapped around him like a man- a chain mantle thing. <laughs> like down here, like Henry VIII style. But yeah, and there, oh, God, uh, we got to see a little bit... Of Bilbo's interaction with Gala. Oh, that was so oh my god! Good. I got chills, man. And, and he's I, like, "How about we have we have riddle game?" It's like, "Oh my god!" And I'm. It's sort of like the one-liners that you kind of come to expect. Mm-hmm. It's like, "If he loses, we tip how." 
And, you know, and he's just bobbing his head going, yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, we eat it whole. And, you know, that's when they sort of look at each other and there's this pause and then go, fair enough. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what would happen. That is exactly what would happen. Yeah, this one was kind of cool, too, because there was a little bit more, it seemed like there was a little more story in it and there was a little more tension in it. Hints at stuff that will provide tension in the movie, but there was also a little more, like, humorous stuff in it, like the very end. Yeah. When the thing collapses and you hear them, all the dwarves just go, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, this movie's going to be amazing. The the trolls are going to be awesome. And oh, I am and the trolls. We got to see the trolls. I am so glad that Kate Blanchett is reprising her role. And I'm like, I'm glad all of the yeah. people are coming back. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think anybody would have to twist their arms to say, hey, would you come back and put a pair of elf ears on again? And Well, I imagine, well, especially because the only people that are, com- the only person, actually, that is coming back and by the sound of it doing a fairly large role is Ian McKellen. Everyone else okay, is that's like, true. can you come back for four days yeah. and, you know, just do a few scenes? Uh, it's not a whole, like, hey, can you come back and do another two years of shooting as this yeah. character that, you know, was this, you know... Thing that you went through like 10 years ago. Between what his role Holy crap, it was 10 years ago. Good yeah. lord. Magneto and Lord of the Rings. I mean, like, the guy has a legacy. Oh god, yes. A geek legacy. Super cool geek legacy. Anyway. Yes, I cannot wait for this movie. And it comes out December 14th, which as a reminder, that's the goal date for The Hobbit Along. Yep. I mean, we're, we're not going to pressure you to wear your, your knitterly things to the event, but damn, yeah. we would be happy if you did. Especially yeah. if you took pictures. Yeah, and we're not expecting everybody who participates in The Hobbit Along to, like, go to a midnight showing or even go to see it the first day. Because obviously people have stuff, and people have different priorities about what they want to do it. But that's sort of our sort of end date for everybody. You're telling and me I people know, have lives? Yeah, and I know in some, <laughs> you know, in some places in the world, people might not even, it might not even yeah, be coming out Yeah, it might not arrive day. yet, so. I know it's going to be coming out in a number of places on that day. I imagine quite a few, like I imagine, I think Australia, New Zealand, and... Especially a lot of English-speaking places would probably release probably around uh, on the same day. But I know, you know, other countries might not. I hope to God so. that work doesn't have anything, you know, serious come up on that day. Because if I manage to drag myself into work, I'm going to be half a brain. And I just might decide that that will be my last vacation day of the year. <laughs> uh, I am tempted to be my boss and to go to my boss and be like, can I make sure that I'm not working this day? Like right now. And part of me is just sort of like, eh, I'll leave it and see what happens. Because Friday is one of the days I, can- I might work, might not work. So what's the reason that you're not going to be in that day? I'm going to have a very long anticipated journey. I have got a date with a dragon, damn it. A very a with a sexy dragon, trust me. <laughs> oh, considering who's doing the voice? Yes, I am going to, I'm like, he can read the phone book, but him being smog and being superior and not that different from Sherlock, really, if you think yeah. about it, but wow. Oh my god, dude. I, just, I can't even... I, I, I would be very interested. I don't know when we're going to see smog for the first time in the movies, but I will be very interested to see how the crowd reacts, especially because this is going to be... Because I am definitely going to the midnight showing. So it's going to be like nerd crowd. Lots of which have probably seen Sherlock. Yeah. And yeah. Lots of crowd who knows. Who know Benny Cucumber Patch. That's <laughs> <laughs> a nerd that before. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. There's all kinds of like variations oh on, his badge, on his last name. Mm. Rawr. Speaking of which, tomorrow is the Emmys. Yeah. And Sherlock is up for Emmys. Yes, it is. By the time you hear this, you will know whether it won or not. Okay. Anyways. So... Moving from Hobbiton to more classic geekery. So apparently the makers of the TV show Castle are looking for someone who can play Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, did you say? (laughs) Can't Nathan Fillion play Nathan Fillion? Well, because see, the thing is, of course, Nathan Fillion plays the title character, Richard Castle, on the TV show. And it's been quite a long tradition... (laughs) Of the show bringing up Firefly references. Probably because they know better than anyone else that the reason they got through those first 13 episodes as a mid-season replacement and got renewed for another for a full season was because of the Firefly fans who are all like, oh, hey, Nathan Fillion's in something. Let's watch this. Yeah. So they have had numerous references to it. The best, I swear to God, if you haven't seen this, you have to look for this on YouTube and find it. I forgot. I think it was the second season Halloween episode. Just put in Halloween, a castle Halloween episode. 
on YouTube and you'll find it. The cold open for the show, so the first few minutes of the show, is Castle appearing in his, getting deaded up in his Halloween costume, which is a certain... Captain Tight Pants. Tight Pants and long brown coat, and at which point his, the character's daughter says, are you wearing that again? (laughs) He's like, weren't you that like five years ago? And he's like, but I like it. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) And they have, you know, on one of the shelves, they have the catalyzer that explodes in, out of gas, and it has to get replaced as a, you know, one of the props in the background. Lots of background props, that sort of thing. So there's all kinds, and there's been all sorts of references to Serenity and things like that. This time, so I think it's episode seven of this season, though now that I'm looking at the article, I can't quite see where I found that. The episode is going to be a story about an actor who rose to fame on a hit sci-fi series playing a Captain Max Richards. Hmm. Who has not been doing well since the cancellation of the show. In this in this version of events, the actor in question, you know, sort of fell into the booze. And the episode takes place at a fake science fiction convention for the Firefly parody, which they've re- renamed Nebula 9. Someone in the comments said they should have named it Lightning Bug. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but this is like cross-canon fan orgasm written yes. all over it. But yes, so... And it's especially interesting because this article appeared on the Mary Sue and other sites on the 10th anniversary of when Firefly first premiered. Timing. We have it. Yes. So basically, they're looking for someone who can play the same role, like the the role of yeah. Nathan Fillion. Yes. Well, Nathan Fillion <laughs> stands there and interacts with Nathan Fillion. Yes. And of course, it'll, it'll help if they manage to get one of the other actors that looks a bit like him. Of course, some people have mentioned that, like, I think Nathan Fillion has mentioned he gets mistaken for Jason Bateman. Other people have mentioned that another one who, person who looks a lot like him is Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be Panties of Flame. Yes. On, on be... top of the Panties of Flame. So awesome. Um, except, of course, you know, they have actual movie careers and stuff and might very well be busy. So there is actually another actor that I've seen. I can't remember his name, but I know he's been in, he's a character actor who's been in a lot of, like, CSI and shows like that. And he looks a lot like Nathan Fillion, and I can see them getting him. And like but we, yeah, it's going we to be... talked about, I could, we could see a scene where the character Nathan Fillion walks in and Castle looks up and says, Are you Nathan Fillion? Yes. I always thought you'd be more better looking. Well, of course, they haven't mentioned what the actor's the, char- the actor's name is going to be, right. or rather, what the character of the actor <laughs> their name. Though this gets confusing, yeah. But you know, they haven't mentioned what that character's name is going to be. Yeah. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if it but was something similar sounding to Nathan Fillion, Mr. Nate Million. Yes. <laughs> and of course, there's other you know suggestions that people have made, and I was. Th- I forget exactly what prompted it, but this episode is going to be so insanely meta. Oh, someone in the comments suggested if they wanted to go really, really, really meta, they could cast Joss Whedon as the murder victim. And I would be so all over that. Yes. You you know what? That would be that would be cause for a party to watch this to watch this episode. <laughs> yes. Well, I and think we're gonna have to get together and watch this episode anyway because it sounds like it's going to be gold. This is where somebody has to climb to the top of the Geek Mountain and raise the horn and. and Demand that the masses come together. Yes, we need to light the beacons. Yes. This one requires all of us together. (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to say, this episode is going to be like a Klein bottle of meta. It's going to fold back in on itself. So, like I said, I seem to remember it said somewhere, like it might have been one of the tweets that led to this article, or one of the other articles I saw, that said it was actually going to be episode 7, or maybe I just confused it with something else, because I do follow a lot of the castle cast on Twitter. Okay. But I imagine, you know, sometime within the next couple months, and I'm sure, like, when it gets closer, we'll know about it, and at least post something on Ravelry and be like, oh my god, guys, you have to watch this. And in other sort of classic TV, well, geek TV news, apparently Ron Moore, who did the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, has a new project. and Sort of like the other end of the spectrum. And I don't think... You would ever guess what this exactly this new project is. It is using an existing property. So that is a story that has already been turned into some sort of public media before. Yes. And it is a new TV show based on that property. That property, however, is the movie A Night's Tale. Yes, that was Left Field that just came from. Yes, as in the movie starring Heath Ledger that had people in a somewhat medieval time rocking out to David Bowie and other popular musicians. Apparently... Deadline has reported that ABC has bought the project from Sony Pictures TV, so somebody's interested 
interested in what they, where this is going. Wait a minute. Did I just see Moore's also apparently working on Diana Gabaldon's Outlander series? Yes, possibly bringing it to the television. I did not know that. <laughs> I thought I had heard something about the Outlander series possibly going to television, but I didn't know Ron Moore was going to do it. Did not know anything about the Outlander series coming to television because I've read like the first three and a half books. Yeah, first four here. It should be interesting. Yes. But yeah, so there's also that, too. I, I can't really comment about Knight's Tale because I never saw it, but I heard it was a little bit on the, um, it wasn't quite the quality cheese that you would expect. Or maybe <laughs> it was it was beyond the cheese. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the article from the, from the Mary Sue I'm looking at, they described the movie as delightfully terrible slash amazing. So okay. it does sound like it could be fun. Yeah. Especially as a TV show where you get to do all kinds of wackiness week after week. Okay. Yeah. There's that. But again, I haven't seen the movie either, either no. to, to be able to judge. It just, it just seems weird and slightly out of left field, <laughs> but something that should be interesting to see where this goes. So moving from TV shows into the real world, we now have something that may cross platform both. Everybody knows that warp drive is pretty standard on most, most, uh, Star Trek, most Star Trek ships. And guess what? It might actually be possible now. Someone is actually working on this. The idea, for anybody who has not seen Star Trek, the idea of warp drive is to be able to move faster than light. Well, in 1994, the concept was presented by a Mexican physicist. But they calculated that the amount of energy that was needed to do this yeah. equated to Jupiter. It's like insane amount of energy that you actually need to do it. That would be a problem. Yes. However, now they've readjusted the calculations and they've done, okay, if we don't do it like this, but we just adjust this slightly and do it a bit more like this and we break this part down, they've really started reducing the amount of energy that it needs. And at the Johnson Space Center, they now have a tabletop experiment. It is a mini, 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 mini warp drive that they are um, attempting to activate. That is awesome. And if any part of it comes back... Not as in it's going to disappear and then come back, but if any, if this works, if it doesn't just do nothing or do, or go splody and kill everybody within a five mile radius, if this actually presents back some sort of data that scientists can use to do further research into this, this so takes it from the realm of science fiction into the plausible and we should investigate this further region. Yes. And the, oh my god, my child when he's an adult and having family of his own, they may have warp drive. O-M. That was a cat G. But yeah, th this is actually happening now. Yeah, someone is actually trying it. So I'm thinking like there have been so many good things happening this year for science. <laughs> Please let this be the number three. Yes. We've had the Higgs boson. We've had Curiosity Landing without anything going wrong. Mm -hmm. In that whole circus parade of things that could go wrong. Yes. Please let this happen. At least in a small, small way. A very, very tiny way and not blow up and kill people type yes. of way. Because this would you, be awesome. Th there's always that chance that it could blow up and there would be one, you know, scientist that crawls out of the crater with his beard singed and on fire going, It worked! <laughs> yeah. No, not quite that way. Yeah. And speaking of curiosity. Curiosity has gotten its orders for a, the first rock analysis it is being sent to investigate a pyramid-shaped rock on Mars. Yes, a pyramid-shaped rock. rock. Not a pyramid on Mars. Yes. Because I know some news reporters are going to have a whole heyday saying that it's a pyramid. Oh, the... Uh, or calling it that when yeah, it's actually not. The um, the Mary Sue article on it, it, was, it did the whole Stargate reference. It was awesome. <laughs> so yes! awesome. Because, you know, that pyramid is going to have Egyptian hieroglyphs on it and the Stargate and the whole bit. And Curiosity's going to be standing in front of it going... Rawr! But anyways, yes. Curiosity has gotten orders to visit a pyramid-shaped rock on Mars, and it is going to be analyzing using a particle X-ray spectrometer and laser setup. And hopefully that means something to all of the scientific people out there, because as far as I'm concerned, the whole thing is just, you know, magic. Yeah, smile and nod. Yeah, type of thing. I'm sure you know what you're doing. That, that gizmo that is crawling around Mars is a lot smarter than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of recent spacey news, yesterday, Friday, was actually also the day that the spaceship Endeavor took its last hop Piggybacking? Yep, last piggyback hop to its new home in the Los Angeles area. I was surprised. I'm 
didn't know about this final hop, so I was actually surprised when I saw it happening again. Yeah, I mainly found out, I knew that it was in transit and that there was, you know, a number of different stages to it. I didn't know when exactly they were going to do the last section, but I mainly found out about it yesterday on Twitter because people were hashtag, using the hashtag, uh, spot the shuttle. Yeah. And so it was, it was kind of hilarious seeing this wave of tweets going from like <laughs> the San Francisco area down to LA as it became visible and there were tons of pictures of like pictures of people i saw pictures of people waiting for it to see it at disneyland at um people said pictures of people on the parking structures and people at disneyland like tons of people just waiting to watch to see it um i haven't looked back and see if there see what pictures there are of that yet but there's pictures of it going by the golden gate bridge and there's a lot of places where it did a very low altitude flight specifically so people could see see it. it I saw pictures of people of it from over Pixar, Google, and Apple. <laughs> there was also I had to with all the people camped out in front. Yeah, yeah. And I had to I had to leave work before it. Also, it was going to go past JPL, and there was a lot of people. Um, it said that the people from and the Mars Curiosity Department had their windows open so that they could see it as it went by while they were working on Curiosity stuff, which is kind of cool that that is cool and like how many places of work will actually tolerate what are you guys doing just standing around we're waiting for you know space shuttle endeavor to go by and then the oh well duh considering the number of people different people i saw tweeting and saying that you know they were on the roofs of their buildings and stuff like that i'm like is anyone getting any work done done? (laughs) in california today like seriously it didn't look like anybody was getting anything done because everyone was waiting for the space shuttle to go by yeah can you blame them no no are you kidding? No. I'd have been like, forget the patrons, I'm outside. I would have made an announcement over the intercom. It's like, guys, a space shuttle going overhead in a few minutes. Join me out there. Somebody who's not cool can stay here. <laughs> and who's, who's not interested in this sort of thing, and therefore is not cool, can stay in here and answer the phone. I'm sorry. Well, I saw even quite a few people saying they had taken their kids out of school. Really? There was a lot of schools that were, lo- that well, were yeah. you know, so the schools that were in sort of under the flight path, there was a lot of people who said they had, you know, they were watching it from their school grounds or something like that. And then other people, I guess, you know, whose schools weren't under a flight path, they said they'd taken their kids out of school so they could go somewhere and see it. Because, like, it's a it's a once in a, literally a once in a lifetime thing. Pretty much, they are yeah. now being mothballed. Yeah. You know, and they're, you know, this last leg is to go to its home at a museum. But yes, so now starts the demating Aw, they have to break up. There's some jokes I can make here, but I'll avoid it. Um, (laughs) Oh, come on. Why start now? Jeez. I'll restrain myself. Okay, fine. Um, And then it has to go to, it has to be, and it has to be, the space shuttle has to be transported over, like, roads to the museum, because it landed at LAX. So you're telling me the space shuttle is just a little whore. It's going It's going around. Yeah, in case it's going to be placed on a truck. It's getting around. Um, Placed on a truck and heading to the museum. One of the sad things, though, is to get there, like, for part of the route, they're going to have to cut down 400 trees along the route to get there. And if there's any place that needs something to convert carbon dioxide into oxygen, it's LA. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they all get Planted, replanted, twice over. Trees at least being used for something worthwhile? I would hope so. I don't know. Okay, fine. Maybe for mulch for other plants or something. If anybody out there, anybody out there in the LA area knows. Yeah, I'm sure they will have, they would have heard more about it than I've been able to. Okay. So moving into Gravings, Covets, and Crushes, Nitty has published their Deep Fall 2012 issue, and it's also their 10th anniversary issue. Congratulations, Nitty. Congratulations on 10 years. I remember reading a couple of the first issues in my university computer lab. (laughs) It's like, oh my god, it's been a long time. But yes, there are tons of patterns in here. And of course, my eye gets drawn to a lot of the socks first. This, I've seen this in a lot of people's cues. The Stitch Surfer ones? Yeah, where it looks like you've got two different, you have two different socks. Yeah. Well, you have... Two completely different sock yarns. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, it it looks like you you knit two socks and then cut them each in these wavy patterns and sewed them together. They're kind of Franken socks. But is it cutting them or is it knitting them? No, it's knitting them. Yeah, it just looks like it. It just looks like it. Like, yeah, it looks like if you say you're looking down at your feet and you're wearing patterned socks, 
but a splash of water has gone from, you know, splash from your toes and up to the top of your socks in a sort of wavy formation. Mm-hmm. And wherever it touched your socks, it changed it to a radically different color. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it, it kind of defies explanation, so you really will have to look at it just to see what the heck we're talking about. That is definitely a bizarre sort of, like, topic conversation sock. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people adding it to their queue. And it's in the Antarja technique, the note said. Okay. And definitely some interesting construction going on there. I really liked the You Can Call Me Al socks. And the Earthbound socks. You Can Call Me Al uses slip stitches that sort of cross over and make like a vaguely cable-ish sort of thing. Though it's totally not. <laughs> the inspiration from these socks come from junk food addiction. addiction. Junk food fiction. fiction. <laughs> Sorry. Which I devour in copious amounts on a regular basis. One of my current favorite urban fantasy characters is a 5,000-year-old demon from Kim Harrison's Hollow series. Rachel Morgan, a bounty hunter witch, meets him one day while trying to borrow the wrong spellbook from the forbidden section of the university library. A tricky devil, and just like him, these socks have more than a few surprises. Ooh, sport weight or fingering yarn in four different sizes, which should give people a lot of different options for different feet sizes. Yeah, the unique all-over slip-stitch pattern looks impressive and intimidating. We're quoting straight, obviously, in case you couldn't tell, we're quoting straight from the, the pattern here. Impressive and intimidating, but it's really simple to make and makes, it creates a wave in the body of the sock as it is worked, worked resembling curling smoke or flames licking their way up the foot and the leg. Mm, licking. <laughs> licking up a foot. Sorry, I wasn't here. But yeah, these ones look really cool, and I love the texture pattern on them. And I might have just found my project. <laughs> Maybe. Problem solved. I do have a hell of a lot of sock patterns, so... You do. I should probably take a look at some of the older ones, too. I saw this coming up in a lot of people, as for a lot of people as well. I hated that I had this Celtic background, but I've got nobody to tell me how to do it, how to say it properly. But it's, it's a... d- down at the bottom, yeah. Shanar. 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 We're probably... Be- we're going to... Be- we're, butchering the prob- Sorry. we're butchering the pronunciation as usual. Um, but yes, it's S-E-A-N-A-I-R. And it's a Scottish Gaelic word for grandfather. And it is a gorgeous cable jacket. I mean, yes, it is a very patronly gentleman who is modeling it, but I could so see that on a strapping young man, too. Mm-hmm. I could see that dangling off of a strapping young man, too. Yeah, actually it says it is knit in one long piece from side to side, then the upper back and upper fronts are finished separately. After the shoulders are joined, the sleeves are picked up around the armhole opening, opening and the double collar is picked up in the around the neck edge. Only the zipper is sewn in. So actually it's done in mostly one piece. Yeah, and this is really, it is a nice sweater that's not too, you know, a lot of guys are nervous about having a hand-knit sweater because mm-hmm. it's too gimmicky or something like that. This is a really nice one. Mr. Blue Jeans, which is a cardigan that looks like the bottom half of it, like from the waist down, it looks like it's knit side to side because there's cables that sort of wrap around the waist and yeah. hips. And then from there, it's knit upward to the shoulder with a regular sleeve. And some of that is echoed in the cuffs of the sleeves as well. Yeah. Of course, I'm not sure how it would look with those wrapping around my butt, but... Hey, don't get me started about my tush. It is a really pretty one. What, my, t- my tush? Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't let that pass. Well, that too. But yeah, it is a really nice... It is a really pretty cardigan. I'm, again, like I said, I'm not sure how it would suit my body, but we'll see. This reminds me a lot of ink. Which is conveniently one of the other patterns you were going to mention. Yes. Not from Nitty. I can but... I cannot pronounce the last name. I am sorry, but the designer's, <laughs> the designer's first name is Hannah, and it's published in Life is a Stitch. It is available on Ravelry, so just type in ink, and that's it. Yeah, and the, we'll spell the, the, the designer's first name is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A, and the last name is... Spelled M-A-C-I-E-J-E-W-S-K-A. But look at that. That is pretty. All the way around the neck, coming down the front opening bust area, and then it just flares to the side. And Yeah, it's this sort of like a staghorn cable or a heart cable that, yeah, it goes from like the side and curves towards the front and then goes up over the bust and then around the neck. And oh my God, that is gorgeous. And then... And it almost looks like it's revealing another layer underneath because you have vertical ribbing going on yeah. in the front. And it's also got that cable reminiscent in the sleeves, not just at the bottom cuff, but from the cuff up to the elbow. Okay, I'm adding this to make you. Like, right now. <laughs> I am literally clicking on Ravelry right now. You're welcome. Um, you might want to be careful uh, doing that because it is knit in fingering weight. Oh, boy. I mean, I am showing it ar- around because it's... <laughs> 
damn beautiful, but yes. you will have to have patience to knit this. And it does go up to a 50-inch chest, which is nice to see. Though, you know, for those of us bigger girls, fingering weight, oh dear god. Though, you know, you can we could always play around with uh, know, yeah. gauges. But yes, so adding to Q right now. It is. Because, oh, that is gorgeous. Yeah, in my opinion, that's just like super pretty and... Anybody who is a knitting machine that wants to get sexual favors from me can knit that one for me. Ditto. And actually, if we just click over to Nitty for one second, there's one other pattern I was going to mention. I don't think it's one that I'm going to make, but I'm sorry. It was just, it was just cute. Paranormal? Yes. The paranormal socks, which is basically using mosaic knitting, which is where on each row you, you knit and slip different different stitches to create sort of a color pattern. This one is in the shape of skulls, and it's paranormal spelled P-A-I-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L. Paranormal. Oh, and they do give you a diagram on how to do mosaic knitting down at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, there are instructions on how to work it. Those were di- designed by Barry Skates. And speaking of paranormal things, and things that might be appropriate for Halloween. Yep. Aww, so these are so cute. <laughs> these are Monster Chunks by Re- Rebecca Danger. Okay. I know people have heard about the Aragumis, you know, with crochet, and you can make your own little monsters, and you can knit your own little monsters and stuff like that, but how cute is this? Yeah, Rebecca Danger has a lot of, like, little patterns, sometimes for, you know, actual animals, like she has the bunny nuggets, or chubby chirps, but um, she also has has a book of, like, different monsters and stuff that she's designed, and these are adorable. These are basically just, like, it's a free Ravelry download designed to use up little bits of leftover yarn, and it's basically just, like, a little sort of ball, ball yeah. that you put little legs on and eyes Eyes and, little, and teeth. A little felt teeth, and I can imagine, you know, making a bunch of these and filling a stocking for some kid. Yeah. These are adorable. Though she says, these things tend to multiply like tribbles, so watch out. Oh dear, we already had a treble situation. It would be, con- <laughs> in my case, it would be converting one one kind of treble to another kind of treble. Yes, it would. But I think Peanut would absolutely, um... Oh god. <laughs> yeah. I can knit them if I wanted them to be destroyed by my cat. Yep, but. there we go. And finally, one more pattern. This one from a repeat offender. Um, <laughs> or rather, I should say, someone we have... <laughs> Great admiration and lust yes. for. <laughs> someone, someone we have mentioned on the podcast before because she did the Brookline cardigan that was in a Twist Collective a little while ago, and you actually saw her wearing yes, it. Yes, I did. At the Frolic, yes. the Knitter's Frolic. Yes. <laughs> I always have to catch myself before I say it. This is the Fibonacci Neckerchief by Elizabeth McCartan. It's E L I Z A B E T H M C C A R T E N. And so this is a, you know, triangle scarf slash shawlette, and it's designed after the Fibonacci sequence. So if you needed something super nerdy, here you go. Yeah. And basically what it looks like you do is, so for those of you, in case you don't know, the Fibonacci sequence is a series of numbers where each subsequent number is the sum of the previous two. So it goes 0, 1, 0 plus 1 is 1, so that's the next number. Then you add 1 and 1, 2, 2 and 1, 3, so it's 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13. You can keep going into infinity, but you would not want to knit something that big. No. It has a, this one actually has a slightly crescent shape, so it sits on the shoulder a little better. And it's basically just using uh, the garter stitch ridges appearing in that, in those numbers. In that order. Yeah, go in those numbers. So you have one garter stitch ridge, one garter stitch ridge, two ridges, three, five, eight, thirteen, and on if you really wanted to make it bigger. And she did actually, her original one is in this really pretty gray hand-dyed merino mohair blend, but I know she also mentioned, she emailed us with the to tell us about the project, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, cute! She's also doing it in a merino nylon sock that's been hand-dyed, and it looks really pretty. The way the the garter ridges really pop Pop out little bits of the colors. But you also have these stockinette sections, too, that show off sort of the pooling of the colors and things like that. So it could be a really good, it could be a really good one for, especially either for a tonal would look really pretty, Mm -hmm. or a very slightly variegated one, or it could also, I imagine it would also look really good with a very variegated pattern, because it would break up color patches with with the garter stitch. And I really want to make that one. And thanks to that and to, you know, my yarn and fall, I really want to make more chalettes. Yay, fall! Even though I have, um, three of them that I need to block. I don't have a problem, I swear. You could stop any time. Yep. Any time that doesn't end in, you know, any day that doesn't end in a Y. Yeah. Got it. Pretty much. But yay, it is fall. Yay! Yay! Oh my god. Warm things! You can actually go outside without combusting. 
Yes, I actually wore hand-knit socks outside this week. Mm-hmm, me too. And it was actually the first Jeans Friday where I could actually wear jeans to work. And <laughs> because I wasn't going to spontaneously combust. Yeah, fantastic. Today, the sun is shining, the sky is blue, and... Not a lot of trees have turned, but a lot of them are turning. Yep, they're just starting. So they kind of look like a muddy green at the moment. And it's the Niagara Wine Festival, so let's go get drunk. Twist my arm right, don't you? Okay. <laughs> okay, so, and before we go, we need to do we, one more prize draw. Because for episode 51, we asked people to post with something knitting that they had discovered this year. How many we got? So, going from... And if it lands on one of us, we'll just re-roll. Yeah, we will re-roll, because we're going to do it. Because the rivalry doesn't like telling us everybody who was involved in the thread anymore. We're just going to do it. We're going to do it through the so the comment number. So we had 86 comments. If we get one of us, we'll re-roll. And so the winning comment is number 71. 71. Which is... Don't. You. <laughs> Try again. But hey, it was a really cool comment. I finally got to see the blooper reel. <laughs> okay, let's roll this again. 47. And number 47 was... Marg Lamb? Yeah, Marg... Oh, yeah. Duh. Marg Lamb. My brain was not processing that as two words. Yes, so Marg Lamb, M-A-R-G-A-L-A-M-B. You have won the Ravelry 5th Anniversary Project Bag, as well as a few other other goodies goodies to put in. Yes. So congratulations. We will be contacting you privately to try and get a place where we can send that to... And actually, when she said what her discovery had been over the past year, is she said that she's come to the realization that no matter how careful she is about swatching, she still has to measure or try on her project as she goes. Which is very true. Gauge swatches lie. We all know this. Yes. They are dirty liars. So yes, we will contact you and get your contact information and send goodies to you. Awesome. Okay, so time for us to go. All right, guys. Have a good week. See you later. Thank you, everyone, for commenting and participating. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2.mt-p-o-c-k-e-t-s.org. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit1geek2. Have a good week, everybody. We are not sitting in a lineup for the new iPhone. <laughs> we could do that, actually, yeah. Instead of telling you where we are today, we're telling you where we're not. Which is waiting for a new iPhone. Because, no. As Mac happy as Maggie is on many occasions, no. No, I'm saving the waiting in line stuff for, like, important stuff like the Hobbit. The Hello. Yeah. Okay, and today is the 22nd? Yes. Oh, we could do something. It's Bilbo and Frodo's birthday. So we're sitting by the party tree? Waiting for a long-awaited party to start? Yes. We'll do that. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> That'd be my happy place. Seriously. My God, Hobbit in my bed is my happy place. I just see it. Every time I hear the music concerning Hobbits from the Fellowship of the Ring score, yeah. it's just like, it sounds like coming home. Okay, so. That's episode 54. <laughs> Skidding on our landed floors. You know, the wood floors, wood floors upstairs work better for that. <laughs> Ask me how I know. I won't.